tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the geek's watch. For the geeks and all the geeks to come. Then they come back, it's like, holy Second smoke. podcast coming to you straight I from Yumacon 2017. I'm here with John. We're doing a abridged version of uh, the Geeks Watch here today. And uh, we're, we're working against uh, the other, you know, panels that are going on. And this is kind of crazy, right, John? Yeah, this is quite a turnout for Yuma. The con's really growing. It's only been going on for, what, three years now? And this is like... It's showing some great, tremendous growth in that short time. Yeah, for three years, this is a this is a pretty big con. I mean, uh, a, a really good show, uh, turnout for the day so far. Uh, we've been here since the since since they opened up in the morning, and uh, we're, we're gracious. We're definitely grateful for being here and you know being able to talk to uh, the fans and and the people that come by and all that good stuff. What what do you think of this con so far? I think that Wonder Woman across the way is giving me the winky eye, but uh, other than that, I'm like really enjoying the the atmosphere right now. I mean, we can can ask her to come over here and and be interviewed if you want. We can definitely do that. Let's see if she makes her way over here. Okay, when she she makes her way over here, we'll we'll, we'll talk to the Wonder Woman. what is it? I mean, what is there anything in particular that about cons that you enjoy the most? Do you like coming for cosplays? Do you like coming for meeting celebrities? Do you like coming to see the art and stuff like that? Uh, I like the cons mainly because it helps you identify somebody who likes the same kind of things you do. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's, it's going to be a lot of like-minded people here, people yeah. that are into the same things you. That's why I think. I mean, we're a great fit for here. Geekly Radio is having a good time here because these are all people that are geeking out about things that we want to geek out about. Yeah, it's uh, this is like a community in a sense. You know, all these people like the same kind of stuff. Sometimes somebody you might not even expect in the regular nine to five world, you know, turns out in a place like this, dressed like uh, you know, Spider-Man or something. <laughs> Spider-Man, a Mandalorian. Yeah, you know, any, anything that you could you could could imagine. Or you find out somebody has like an incredible hobby that they you know create stuff with. You know, they're like excellent costume makers or, you know, make cool little uh, gadgets or something. And this is where you can uh, demonstrate that, show it off, and something you might even know that they do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I imagine, I think I've seen a couple people that I work with here that didn't know that I do a online uh, radio network, you know, kind of thing. So it's, 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 it's uh, interesting to see them see me in a different light, and I'm seeing them in a different light because they're at a, a convention. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you never would have realized it, right? Now you have something to talk about. It's like a whole different uh, environment at work now. You know, it's uh, definitely... 
a fun time here, and I'm glad that uh, we can be a part of it. You have any stories that of uh, you know different cons that you've gone to that you you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I'm not sure if I talked about this one before, but my first con experience, uh, Comic Con 2000, it was like 1995. I won tickets on the radio when I was visiting in San Diego to go to it. I had no idea what it was. I just remember seeing a bus with the whole side of it painted like Batman. I'm like, what is that? My uncle said, oh, that's uh, they have a comic convention here every year. I was like, can we go to it? I was like, uh, you're kind of tapped out on resources, but listen to the radio. Maybe you'll get lucky and win tickets. And guess what happened? I won tickets. You won tickets. Look at that. And Not even a San Diego native and you won tickets on the radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I had to listen to the radio for eight hours straight and then, <laughs> like, dial I don't know how many times to see if I got through. But I got through, and I've been a fan of cons ever since. You know, it's it. Uh, I, 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 my first Con was also San Diego Comic Con. Uh, it's something that I had always heard of. Something that I, uh, you know, saw as kind of like a um, in goal for my geekdom to finally get there. And uh, when the first year I went, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was such culture shock for someone who I believe I believe I belong in this culture. Uh, I didn't know where I was headed. I didn't know what was going on. There was people running everywhere, but there was costumes. Costumes, I guess cosplay is probably the thing that attracted me most to con conventions in general. Like, I love comic books, and I love movies, and I love TV shows. So I'll sit there, and I'll, I'll, I'll go to those different panels. But to see the, the effort and the work that these people put into their costumes when, in, when they come off great, you know, is mesmerizing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love seeing a well put together costume. Uh, I've seen all types from like spacesuit armor, like Mandalorians, to like Victorian era twist on like Disney princesses and stuff, like everything in between. And it just never fails to impress. Yeah, you know, it's, it's real great when I love it when, they, when people use their pun magic to try and, you know, put things together. I, I saw John Snow White. Yes, yeah. I've seen that one. That was awesome. Uh, what was the one for um, uh, uh, Sirius Black Widow? So, oh, yes. Sirius Black and Black Widow put together? Yeah, mashups tend to be uh, kind of where it goes now because now it's becoming a little too mainstream to just dress up as something that could be potentially off the shelf. Now you got to stretch it out a little bit and have a little wordplay associated. So, yeah, there's been some really interesting ones that come out of that. My favorites have been... The uh, Disney Princess Mandalorians. Right. Uh, not so much wordplay, but just the fact that you can have somebody with the color scheme of Snow White or Belle or Ariel, but it's Boba Fett armor. You know? And yeah, they have like perfectly styled hair and they have a sawed off shotgun. It's just, it's beautiful. Uh, I, I know one of our own members of uh, Geekly Radio, Miranda, she does, she has her own Snow White Sith outfit. A Snow White what? Sith. Oh, Snow White Sith. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that twist on it. Yeah, awesome. she she does she does a great she does a great uh, great job. She does a great job in all of her cosplay. So, you know, uh, it, it's a it's a good addition to Geekly Radio that we can have someone that has that knowledge and has that ability to uh, throw throw in and uh, be a part of the Geekly Radio. 
Now, another one that I have mixed feelings on because it makes me feel weird is the the gender bent cosplays. Why? Okay, so it still makes you feel weird, and you like down in your pants kind of thing. Uh, let's just leave that to the imagination. But so, uh, so it's funny that you bring that up because a few years ago I did a gender bent uh, Kaylee from from Firefly. Did you really? Yes, I did. Is that what that was? That's what that was. I thought it was barf, just without the face makeup. Oh no, no, no! I had I had the green uh, jumpsuit with the patches and everything. So. Okay, and the the had the parasol and everything. I didn't have the parasol. I replaced it with a wrench. Ah, that's why I didn't recognize it. <laughs> oh, come on. Ah, see, but with the wrench, and all you need is some goggles. Then you could also be a gender bent uh, gadget from. Uh, I, right, I yeah. could be gadget from uh, Chippendales Rescue yeah, Rangers. There you go. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, that's something that I would always wanted to do too. Gadget is a character that's kind of underrepresented. I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's um, you could definitely have a lot of fun with it. Um, you could also twist it very darkly. So tread uh, lightly on that. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to for this con? Um, just, uh, you know, hopefully it keeps growing every year. I haven't had a full chance to walk through the whole floor, uh, but I like what I see so far. I like the representation that we have here. Local shops, local comic book stores are here, uh, as well as it uh, looks like we have some artists, uh, um, independent artists from the looks of it that have their own wares. Uh, so it's always good to see that there's that, that kind of community is thriving in a small town like ours. And even if they have to come from elsewhere, the fact that they choose this place to you know help promote their material is really interesting, really cool. So uh, let's talk about a, let's talk about a little bit of geek news since that's what we do here. James Gunn has come out and tweeted that most of the songs for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three have already been chosen. He's saying about about ten right now. What are some of the songs that you think should be in there? Do you think now now that he's going on to the Zune, uh, is it gonna should they be uh, updated songs? Should we get more like in the present time or, you know, maybe more in the 90s or do we stick with 70s and early 80s? I hope we stick to 70s and early 80s. I hope the Zune simply represents that he can have a lot more songs okay. as opposed to having like stuff from around the time the Zune came out. Because um, there's not a lot of great songs that I feel would fit in with the themes of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy from that time frame. Uh, that being said, there is one song I hope ends up on the soundtrack. Um, it's a... Uh, I believe it's called Kiss You All Over by Exile. Okay. And it was featured in two other movies that I know of already. It was in, I want to say, Billy Madison or... No, Happy Gilmore. Or Happy Gilmore, one of those two. Happy Gilmore when he's, he's singing into the, to the intercom to yes, get his girlfriend back. That's right, that's the one, yeah. And I think it was also featured in uh, Employee of the Month. The Ooh, Dane it's Cook been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, Dane Cook and Jessica Simpson? Yes, yes. That was the, the song that... Uh, um, Dax Shepard would listen to one is uh, 81 Honda I think it was <laughs> this is an 81 Honda how dare you how dare you yes that righteous indignation <laughs> so good so that's the one song I don't know why that song has always resonated with me it's, I just like how it's kind of goofy a little romantic I feel like if I was a song I'd kind of be something like this I mean I, if I saw it it would, it would it, if I heard it it would it, it instantly make me think of Happy Gilmore be I wanna kiss you all over, <laughs> over and again. Yeah. You know, didn't, didn't seeing the little Asian woman walk up and be, <laughs> be at the door. That was, 
that was just too funny when I first saw it. Yeah, yeah man, classic Sandler was pretty good. And, and the less we say about present Sandler, the better. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like he's going to be, he might be getting some kind of award nominations for something that he just did recently. Uh, I think it's some dramatic movie he just released on Netflix. Because he's got that deal with Netflix right now that he, that all of his stuff comes out there. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I've heard about it. Um, it sounds like it's good, which I'm saying, like, that just makes everyone a winner in that case. I mean, nobody wants bad stuff, especially from Sandler. But right. That just was the status quo for a while. Um, so as for songs that I think that they should be on there, um, I, I, I think I've said this many times. I don't really know a lot of music. A lot of music. I do know the music I like, and the music I like is the stuff that's featured in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as the movie Days and Confused. So like, if you get some like, um, was it like ZZ Top in there, some Aerosmith? I think uh, I think you'll you'll do well. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of those songs were actually hits at the time that they came out there's just uh you know nowadays they're just more regarded as classics but yeah a lot of those were actually pretty good if somewhat underground at the time maybe but they definitely have their following yeah um yeah i would say that at least like definitely on the first soundtrack every single one of those uh, if it wasn't a, t- a top 10 song it was definitely up there in the charts when they came out so I mean, is the do you think that the fact that the move, how the movie is going to be the third one in the franchise, is that going to affect what songs he picks? Because obviously he's going to, he's going to try and close out the franchise with this third movie. Uh, is there going to be a lot more songs about finality or you know, uh, closure or things like that? I want to say probably yeah, because uh, the songs always uh, you know it's it's not the biggest uh, subtle effect that they do but the songs always you know reflect the the themes of the story of the movie that you're watching and that couldn't be any more clear than the uh, father-son song that was on uh, on part two right but yeah so if this is going to be a proper trilogy with uh, you know beginning middle and end I, I would expect some bittersweet songs songs about endings and goodbyes and moving on to the next phase uh, and there's definitely a lot of good bittersweet songs about that from the 70s and early 80s (laughs) no kidding right i mean i'm just willing to waiting to be surprised and i'm gonna buy that soundtrack just like i have two times before (laughs) uh cool next story i wanted to talk about was uh well surprise surprise yumacon is not the only convention going on this weekend New York Comic Con, probably the second biggest after San Diego Comic Con, is also going on this weekend. I was going to say the second biggest after Yuma. I don't know about that. But <laughs> I mean, give us time, right? Yeah, yeah. Give us time. I mean, we have a stadium now. Who knows? Someday maybe we could move into that one. And, uh, need that extra floor space for all the shows and vendors. There you go. All the vendors and shows. Now, uh, at Yuma Comic Con, Tom McFarland had a panel talking about uh, or at least he talked about um, okay. the new Spawn movie that he wrote he and is supposed to be getting an R rating. He says um, it's going to start filming in February. That's interesting. February is, I mean, still a few months away. Um, do they usually announce uh, start dates for things like that when we don't even know who's going to be in it yet? Yeah, usually you want to get an actor and a director before you, you start saying who's going to be or when you're going to start filming. But... 
Tom McFarlane's been working at getting this going for a while, so I imagine he's very excited about having it uh, start at a certain time. And it's it's, it's being uh, made by or produced by Blumhouse, so you know they're doing they're pretty hot streak right now with their lower budget movies and being able to uh, make a high grossing uh, box office. That's um, that company started by uh, District Nine guy. No, no, but he did not, uh, not, not same, not the same guy. Okay, but uh, I think he does have some some shirts. Are you know what? How, how much? Do you have? you got ten bucks? You can have you can have a shirt for ten bucks. You have no money. All right, what size are you? A medium? If, if that's a medium right there, you can have it. There you go. Take a picture and, and put it on your on your uh, Facebook or whatever. It just makes economic sense at that point. All right. Have a good day. Listen, listen to Geekly Radio. <laughs> so there we go. We are we're here giving out T-shirts to young listeners. Young, formidable minds, and uh, hopefully they'll, they'll turn into great geeks just like us. That's how you get uh, brand loyalty. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, not too many productions usually go straight into saying, hey, this is when we're going to start if we don't have uh, an actor yet. But who's someone that you would like to see play, play Spawn? Um, would it be too... Uh, too cliche at this point to ask for Michael B. Jordan. I mean, he's got a lot of projects going in, in the fire. I mean, he's already he's already Johnny Storm. He's already uh, Apollo Creed's son. He's gonna be uh, in the Black Panther movie. Uh, he wants to create a new comic book. I believe I read that. What's up, Thor? That's right. The God of Thunder just came by and graced us. Hello. <laughs> uh, oh, we got Bob's Burgers here too. That's awesome. Oh, and Obi Wan Kenobi, or maybe uh, modern day Luke. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Looks like we got Obi Wan Kenobi. Ah, so it's Obi Wan. It's Obi Wan. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Michael B. Jordan, he would do an amazing job. I'd be all over that. And plus, he's in the right age range because we want people to. Or they, you know, they obviously want people that are going to be able to do the movie for many times over. Yeah, but uh, that being said, like he's he's already attached to two other superhero franchises, and uh, not that I think that the Fantastic Four movies franchise is going to be going anywhere anytime soon because no. that last one was pretty uh, pretty horrendous. And that seems to be the rule: is you got to play uh, like two superheroes max. Uh, I haven't seen anybody break that into three superheroes, so either he could do that and you know be the the record setter, or uh, we just get someone else to do it and you know put a different st- you know, spin on it. Who who could you see playing Spawn? Uh, you know, that's unfortunate. That I don't I don't know too many names for people uh, for big black men, basically. Uh, well, I have have I got a website for you? <laughs> uh, Michael J. White is still in great shape, so. So if he wanted to do it, I, I can't see why anybody would deny it, uh, other than his age. Um, yeah. And, I mean, he'd be under tons of makeup, and the stuntman would probably be doing all the hard stuff anyway. So I mean, the stuff maybe where he had to fly out of a car, but have you seen Michael J. White? He can do all the stunts himself. He's still physically fit, Yeah, which is what matters. Uh, Terry Crews? I think Terry Crews would do an amazing job. 
but most importantly... Now, he'd be an interesting character in a Spawn movie. I don't know about... Uh, Spawn himself? Spawn himself, yeah. But, uh, he seems a little too big and kind of goofy. Like, he definitely would play someone on the caliber of Clown, maybe. Well, did you did you see him in uh, in Gamer with, with uh, Gerard Butler? Like, I have not seen Gamer. I've only seen the... Uh, well, I've heard the... Uh, how did this get made for it? Which they, you know, shredded apart. But they shredded apart, but yeah, I, Jason Manzuka still liked it. He still thought it was a good movie. It, actually, Paul Shearer thought that was a good movie too. I believe in that podcast. Ah, so, what do you? Is it a good movie? Is it worth my time? I, I enjoy that movie. I enjoy that movie a lot. Now, if you sit there and listen to the two directors that that did it, like they were they were they were high out of their minds on coke when they were making that movie. So. Uh, take that into consideration when you talk when you talk about that movie. So uh, I I think if you look at Terry Crews' production, their character in that movie, he is scary as hell. So I think you definitely can say that they uh, were someone that's that he could play Spawn. Right on. Well, yeah, if you can do it scary, then that's awesome. I mean, and then it's going to be rated R, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, you never know. We just had Ursula and Tinkerbell and the Riddler skate by here right now. Yeah, they look like they're uh, about to go ready and rock some roller derby. <laughs> I mean, that's the th- kind of things that you'll see when you uh, when you come through Yumakon. Check out G- Giggly Radio. Uh, like, yeah, thanks for the candy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, doing a live podcast right now. Down here at... Uh, Yumacon 2017 in the Yuma Convention Center. Definitely have uh, all the exciting ex- distractions going on. I, it's hard. It's hard to sit here and talk about certain things. We just, you know, just being able to people watch is amazing. Yeah. When I have a, a camera set up and just uh, document who passes by, don't even have to go anywhere. They all come by you through here. Harley, let, let me ask you, how long? How long did it take you to make the the hammer? I don't know. How long did it take you to make this hammer? It took me a total of like three hours. Three hours. Three hours. Wow. Yeah. That's that's pretty. It's a pretty awesome looking hammer. I mean, uh, can, do you have a second to sit down and talk? We have uh, we have our own gender bent Joker and gender bent uh, Harley Quinn over here. Uh, pretty amazing costumes, and I have to say. Do you want to say what, what's your name? Uh, my name is Cassie. Okay. Uh, you are you local here to Yuma? Mm-hmm. And how, and how long have you been cosplaying? Um, I've been cosplaying for roughly like two three years now. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, what is it the, that got you into cosplaying first? Um, well, when I was younger, I wanted to be Sailor Moon. Like that was like my all-time favorite thing to watch. You didn't want to play Sailor Moon. You wanted to be, I Sailor, to be Moon. Sailor Moon. <laughs> and my mom would laugh at me because I have such oval, oval like olive skin. Right. That the blonde wig just looked horrible on me. But I wanted to do it anyway. So that's what started my whole thing. My grandma and I took three months to make my Sailor Moon costume. And so that was like the first thing that got me started. And I do have a Harley, and then I made this one in like two weeks. Nice. It's, so. it's, a pretty, it's, it's pretty spot on, I have to say. I mean, for a gender bent uh, <laughs> Joker, but Thank it's you. pretty awesome. Uh, what is it that, other than Sailor Moon, what is it, a particular podcast that you, or not podcast, cosplay that you like to you like to do uh, repeatedly? Um, I run around as Harley a lot. I also have my own hammer. It's a little smaller than his, 
So, but yeah, Harley's like my main one to go to. I spent three years listening to the original voice actor to try to talk and sound like Harley. Like Tara. So I walk around, yeah, so I walk around when I'm in Harley and I will talk to you in Harley. Nice. It's the hardest thing I think I've ever accomplished because the first time I ever tried it, I sound like I sounded like a dying cat. It was hilarious. <laughs> See, I can't I can't do impressions at all, but I, I like the cosplay as well. I, I usually throw on a costume when I go to cons, just not this one. Uh, but what is it uh, that gets you motivated to keep pushing through? Like. You know, when you're making a costume and you come up to those late nights and you're like, the con's the next day and you're like, oh, why am I doing this to myself? It's really the reaction of other people. There are occasions where like little kids and I'm talking like five-year-olds run up to me and they're like, can I touch your hammer? Can I take a picture with you? And I'm like, of course, that's why I'm here. I, I love being able to make like a little kid or somebody smile. Like I created the character and made it into like a person. So it's always fun when people stop you and go, hey, can I take a picture? You know, oh, I'm a real big fan of this character. You know, it looked, you did a really good job of it. So. And what, what, do you have a certain material that you like to work with most? Or is there one that you hate, like to work with least? I like working with Tool. Okay. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite things just because you can do just about anything with Tool. I think my least favorite to work with is Silk. Because I had um, my skirt for my Sailor Moon is like a silky base skirt. It would not pleat. Ooh. It took us, yeah, it took us the longest to make the skirt because it wouldn't pleat the right way. Well, I don't want to keep you from your con, but do you have like an Instagram that you like to throw out there for people to follow you? Or any type of social media that, that um, I use Facebook. Okay. Uh, my uh, Facebook name is Cassie Chaos. Cassie Chaos. I post a lot of what I'm doing for cosplays and whatnot on there. So, but I don't have an actual like official cosplay page. Yet. Okay. Well, maybe maybe after this you should. Maybe. I mean, you, you do great work. Obviously, you know, props and costumes. So. Yeah. Uh, have a good con. Thank you. Thank you. Can we just get a quote as Harley Quinn before you go? Okay, hold on. <laughs> get close to the mic. Okay. And here you thought I was another bubble-headed blonde bimbo. Well, the joke's on you. I'm not even a real blonde. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you. That was incredible. All right, that's a, that's a Geekly Radio first here, folks. Right here on the Geeks Watch, we have our own Harley Quinn coming through. Thank you again. You too. That was pretty awesome. Dude, yeah. Like, we need more of them coming through here. Yeah, we need more, we need more fans like that, more uh, people that are really into it. We should have an impression competition. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, it works great for, for radio, you know. Yeah. You know? So we'll see if we can pull some more people as, as we go by. All right. Uh, we were still talking about Spawn, I think. Yes. Uh, Terry Crews might make a good Spawn. Who do you think should be uh, a director for that, that movie? That's a good question. Somebody. I don't, I don't think they have one. I don't think Todd McFarlane <laughs> is directing it himself. I doubt it very much. Yeah. I hope it's somebody that can do really good. Uh, maybe like the person that did uh, um, Duke or It Follows. You know, something that you know, yeah, gore is kind of a given these days. You can kind of do good gore. You need somebody that can also make it like interesting. Have a theme going on behind it. You know who I'd want, and I know he probably won't do it because he's got his own things going on now, but 
Guillermo del Toro. He's not going to be doing the next Hellboy. Why not have him come and do Spawn? Yeah, I don't know what he's doing, honestly. Like, every time he announces a cool project, then I'm like, oh, man, I'd really love for him to actually do that. It never really pans out well, usually. Well, he has the Shape of Water coming out right now. So that's pretty cool. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but is he just trying to stick it to the fact that he's not doing Hellboy anymore and essentially doing like a... Ape Sapien movie? Yeah, like an Ape Sapien Origins. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's what it's supposed to be, but if it is, more power to him. <laughs> I mean, it looks awesome, you know? It looks like... Uh, yeah, like maybe like a continuation of a Creature from the Black Lagoon, but with a bit of a romance twist to it. Yeah, a little bit of a romance twist. And if you think about it, a lot of those older classic uh, movies like The Mummy and The Creature from the Black Lagoon and even King Kong, it's basically just Beauty and the Beast. Pretty much. So that sounds like that's kind of what we're getting with this, and I find that really interesting. It'd be really cool to check that out. Uh, was there any particular geek story that you saw this week that you wanted to talk about? Um, not at this time, no. I'm just enjoying the con, looking at all the sights and sounds that we have going on here. So, uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is I got to go see the new Flatliners movie. Mm-hmm. Flatliners 2017. Now, do you remember the original? Yes, absolutely. I remember watching it back in the day. Now, you got Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, Julia Roberts, uh, uh, Oliver Platt, and Billy Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, Billy. Uh, or I think at the time he's called William Baldwin. Now, they weren't part of the original Brat Pack, but they had their own name too, didn't they? They were some kind of collective. Were they? All of these young actors. Yeah, they had some uh, some moniker for like, oh, this is like, you know, the whatever troop or something. I don't know. I think they had a nickname. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know who those, uh, what they would be, what their names would be. Uh, I don't remember that. I mean, I remember the Brat Pack with, yeah. like, basically everybody in... Uh, John Hughes movies. John Hughes movies, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't know what it would be, but... Um, yeah, I mean, the caliber of actors before they became the actors that we know for that movie is pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, every single one of those actors went on to become a success or you know, award winner to some degree, and they were all in one movie together that had to do with playing with death. That's right. And that's a Joel Schumacher movie, which I think most people get a uh, get um, a, a lot of like a lot of anger towards when they hear his name. Uh, because of mostly because of his uh, Batman movies. I would say only because of the Batman movies. Uh, he's actually done some pretty good work. I mean, Lost Boys is a classic. And uh, I like Phone Booth too. I don't know if you ever watched Phone Booth. Oh yeah, yeah. Phone Booth is awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's one other I um, can't think of its name of it right now. But yeah, like uh, I would say besides the Batman movies, the only bad Joel Schumacher movie I've seen would be the number 23. Just because of how over-the-top, ridiculously, dramatically bad it is. <laughs> that is a really over-the-top movie, but, you know, for aspects of that movie, I thought were really great and really well done. Uh, especially to give us the idea of uh, a man who li- who's lived two, two different lives, two completely different lives. Yeah, but then you have Jim Carrey doing it, and he doesn't make that smooth transition from, like, his goofy side to the darker one. Fair enough. Fair, I'll give you that. Now, uh, so in the the one thing I had to say is that I I, I know I, I would say that I'm a reboot apologist. If, if if anything, like when they say they're going to be rebooting this movie or they're going to be remaking this movie, I'm usually like, okay, let's give it a chance. You know, there's uh, obviously there's always the original, and you can go and watch that whenever, anytime you want. This new one might add something to it that you you didn't think about for the first time around, and 
It might be interesting. I just don't understand why this one particular movie you felt they felt the need to remake. There's no uh, there's no thing that's uh, that's going to be added to it now that it's being made in 2017 as opposed to 1987 when, it, when the first one was made. I think that's around the time it was made. The the, the CGI is not going to help this story because uh, you don't need CGI. It's all about. You know them experiencing their memories and their sins and their guilt and their guilt. You know, there's nothing about it that's that's going to be added to it from the CGI. There's um, there's no anything about the you know younger actors. I don't think that there's going to really when and by say by say younger, these are all people that are supposed to be in medical school. Yet I'm pretty sure most of the cast is like in their mid to late thirties. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need to be honest. I don't. I couldn't name a single actor in this new version. Oh, Ellen Page. Oh, I had no idea she was in that. So essentially, Ellen Page is playing the the Kiefer Sutherland role. Okay. Uh, you have Nina Dobrev, who is playing the Kevin Bacon role, kind of. That name sounds familiar. Nina Dobrev. She was in Vampire Diaries. She was in Let's Be Cops. She was in the latest Triple uh, X uh, movie, The Return of Xander Cage. Any of those movies? I think I saw Let's Be Cops. Okay. So she was the, the love interest in Let's Be Cops. Now, uh, one of the other things was uh, uh, you got Diego Luna, who recently was in Rogue One. Oh, really? He is not of medical student age. <laughs> no, he is not. He's definitely in his late 30s. And they kind of play it off as he was uh, he's he was a firefighter in Houston who kind of went into medical school much later in life. So that's kind of what, what's going on with that. So they justify it. A little bit. Yeah. So he's kind of the, the Julia Roberts role in that movie. Uh-huh. Um, you have this one actor that I really don't, I don't even know his name, um, but he, he's done a lot of, he's, I, I'm guessing he's English because a lot of his uh, filmography is from England, and uh, he's playing the William Baldwin role, the, the scamp, the one who sleeps around with all kinds of women. What kind of movies has he been in? Uh, you know, I, I looked it up after I watched the movie, and I, I, nothing retained. I can't uh. remember uh, any of the stuff that he was in. Um, and then the, the the girl who was who's also in it, who's kind of the Oliver Platt Platt um, uh, character, but the thing about Oliver Platt in the first movie, he never takes the plunge. He never he never uh, flatlines. So mm-hmm. she does though, because she's very hectic and uh, she her her life of having to. Um, uh, be a great medical student is really reliant on her uh, her mother and stuff, but she's also the one that's skeptic or not skeptic but uh, re- re- reluctant to to do it. So that's why I give her the Oliver Platt role. Now uh, she is the actress that was in uh, oh god I can't think of the name of the movie right now. The movie uh, is three black kids and they they kind of do uh, me myself and Irene. Nope. <laughs> They, uh, 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 it, they they kind of do, like, 90s punk music. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, dope. Dope, thank you. Yes. yes, she's the girl in Dope. And uh, uh, she does a, a relatively good job, and she's probably the only one I feel that's of uh, medical school age. <laughs> so uh, that, that at least had that going for it. But Ellen Page's character in it uh, is, is just... She's barely there. 
Like for the for the character that's supposed to be leading the the, the movie, I felt like she was barely there. Yeah, and remind me because it's been a while since I've seen the original. After they do the flatlining experiments, um, are the experiences they have supernatural or is it all like mental? So, I, me personally, I would always say I'd say that they're mental. And that's the one thing I, I have a problem with with the first movie and this in this remake. These are supposed to be medical students. They're supposed to be doing it for uh, for one the experience, two to to study it, and three to uh, to um, have something written down of what the afterlife could be. The only problem is that after they all do the like in the first movie they they record it with a, a video camera and they they have them do like a ke- confessional right afterwards right yeah or testimonial in this one they actually hook them up to an MRI machine so that they can scan their brains as the person dies the three minutes that they are dead and then the the moment when they're being brought back to life the, the problem is, is that none of them this both movies none of them are honest with the other ones doing the experiment they they forget to. They don't write down everything that they're experiencing afterwards. So when things are happening where they are like, hey, you know, I'm seeing a person from my past that obviously shouldn't be there. A little girl that I made fun of in, in elementary school is, is throwing rocks at me and hitting me with a, with a hockey stick. You know, those things shouldn't be happening. So you should write those down. I mean, obviously they think they're going crazy, but you just did something extremely terrible to your brain. You should probably write it down. Yeah, you gotta have like scouts on her when you're doing things like playing with death a little bit. It's like, so, okay, this might, uh, you know, sound weird, but this is happening right now. So in this movie, I think they they posit a little bit more that it's all mental, um, because they they're they're having their quote unquote ghosts come and visit them and stuff and terrorize them. But there are points in the movie, like Nina Dobrev's character is driving her car, and uh, her. Her quote-unquote ghost throws a plastic bag over her head and starts suffocating her while she's driving. Uh, The movie shows you that there's a plastic bag over her head, and then it cuts to a scene where she's still driving and looks like she's suffocating, but the plastic bag isn't on her head anymore. So that's her mind. It's her mind making her believe that someone is holding a plastic bag over her head, as opposed to it actually happening. So, you know, both movies... uh, throw at you that you need to either get the persons that you wronged you know to forgive you or you need to give yourself the ability to forgive yourself you know what I mean which is good advice in general yeah exactly and but see once again an updating of this movie doesn't really help any it's not gonna you're not you're not doing anything different that's gonna make it so that hey I'm glad they remade this movie and so did they look like they use modern special effects to any special like I think yeah, one time there was like one time when they used modern special effects uh, for it at, at all, and it's it's a time when um, I want to say Ellen Page's character is flatlining, and they're trying to bring her back. And uh, at one point, the whole room starts to crumble, and like debris is flying past her as she's in the MRI machine. And you can see the special effects, the CGI in the virtual room as a, as a camera, a virtual camera pans around and stuff like that. That's probably the only CGI that I can think of. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just felt like it's not worth it. I would rather go back and watch the, the Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon movie. <laughs> it was much more effective with less technology. Anyway. Exactly, exactly. Now, do you remember an old movie uh, around the same time as Flatliners uh, starring Jeff Goldblum? And it was kind of a similar plot where he died for like 15 minutes 
Um, but they were able to resuscitate him because he he drowned in like ice cold water. Uh, and there was a new technique that a doctor had perfected of bringing back people from the dead uh, under specific situations like that. Um, but because he was dead for so long, he ended up being mentally connected to another person that also died in the same way and was brought back, which I think turned out to be that doctor's son or something like that. I, I don't. This it doesn't. I know. I don't recall this movie. And the reason why it reminds me of that, besides the near-death experience theme, is that unfortunately it tried to use the best technology available at the time for special effects, which was the burgeoning uh, CGI kind of lawnmower man type of effects. Ooh. There was a lot of like floating through surreal red and blue uh, landscaping kind of, and I just remember thinking, man, like. This movie looks like it cost a lot of money for not being very effective at telling the story. <laughs> See now, Lawnmower Man, I can get the, get behind them remaking that movie because I imagine the the special the CGI and the special effects would make it a lot better. Well, like yeah. I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm just saying that <laughs> that's something that would benefit from the the new technology. It would look better. Yes, uh, it wouldn't be the polygon shapes and the. Uh rudimentary mode 7 looking Super Nintendo graphics. <laughs> or the terrible VGI, or VGI, virtual reality uh, video game that they had teaching him how to do things. Yes, or the uh, virtual floating in space uh, looked like they were copulating and then turning into one amorphous blob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, exactly yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, we it, can definitely make that look much better. We could definitely make it look. As great. a matter of fact, they actually have already. Uh, it turns out that uh, there's this one scene in Fight Club. Spoiler alerts for a uh, almost 20 year old movie now. Uh, there's a scene where Brad Pitt is uh, making the whoopee with uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Right. And the whole scene was actually CGI. I remember that. Yeah. And I mean, I remember thinking the first time I saw it. I mean, the first time I saw it was on VHS. So. That's how old it is, kids. Yeah, that was a technology we had back in the day. A VGS, or VHS. VHS, (laughs) yes. Which I don't think I ever actually knew what it stood for. Like video, home, shopping? I was like, no, that's Uh, not right. Video, home system? Something like that, yeah. I know VCR is also like video cassette recorder is what that was. But it's just those things you just take for granted. To me, VHS is just the name of it, not initials. It's just Mm, just VHS. I mean, maybe that's what it is. So, uh, yeah, I remember thinking that back then. I mean, that was indistinguishable from like, you know, real people doing it. Like, I don't like at the time I was like, was it easier to just do a special effect for them? Did they not want to bump uglies or something? Like, what? Was it just not a uh, kosher for Brad Pitt and Elena Bottom Carter to be naked at the same time? So I guess. Well, I think that the idea was because I, I, if I if I remember that movie, and it's been a while since I watched it again, uh, that is Edward Norton's character thinking about the two Brad Brad Pitt and and Helen Bonham Carter having sex. So even yeah, though, it was a dream. Yeah. Even though Brad Pitt is him, spoiler, uh, the idea that you know that what is happening isn't actually what's happening and he does know exactly what's happening it, you know it's that's what, one of the reasons why that movie is kind of great is because of the, the mind trip yeah the ambiguity and uh, what was real what wasn't it's definitely worth a rewatch that's one of those you want to rewatch instantly and yeah, follow yeah, no, up on it, it. it hey yeah, you, you want to talk on, on radio for a second no are you having a good con yeah we're, we're, we're on an inter- online radio right now Say hello. 
either one of you. It's a, either one of you. You're more than welcome to. It's okay. You, 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 don't, you don't feel up to it. Trying to get trying to get people here to come talk, but that's okay. I hope you're having a good con. Right, otherwise, let everybody know what's going on. Next will be at two thirty. So, uh, with with that being said, is there any reboot movie, remake movie that you actually thought was great? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the thing for starters. I mean, that so was technically not a remake. Well, I mean, are you talking about the 1980s thing? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, no, the 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 newer one that came out in the late 2010s. Um, I didn't think that was a bad movie. Well, it's a prequel. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it was. It wasn't called anything other than the exact same title of the movie that it was a prequel to, which was a little confusing. Yeah, they, well, I mean, they, what else? What you? What else could you call it? You couldn't call it the you rething. Could, you could call it before the thing. Before or the thing. <laughs> something I, cheesy. I, I mean, it's still the same thing, though. It's it's the same exact creature, just in two different. I don't know. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, I, I really love that remake. I love the remake of The Blob from the 80s. So, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Anything more recent oh, okay. remakes? <laughs> All right, well, since we're specifying now, uh, yeah, let's see. A remake that's more recent that was actually good. Uh, there is one that comes to mind, but I can't think of the title right now. What was it? Uh, you think of one while I try well, to pull one out. Here I mean, out of my I know I, I know I'm in the minority, but I enjoyed I enjoyed the re, uh, RoboCop uh, reboot remake, whatever you want to put it. I mean, it's ah. not it's not nearly as good as the first one or the original, but I still thought it was a good movie. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because we've already had two Paul Verhoeven movies, which are like classics in my eyes. RoboCop and. Uh, Total Recall? Yes. Yes, and, and I, I enjoyed that one too. And it looks like they're making Starship Troopers again too. I, which I don't, I don't doubt. I mean, I don't see how they could not revisit that world uh, again. I now mean, we did just get the animated movie, the yeah, the, the something of Mars, the hero of Mars, something like that. Yeah, I think uh, Johnny Rico comes back, Casper uh, yeah. Van Dien, yeah, uh, who was also in the last direct to TV movie as well. I mean, yeah, direct to to video, uh, video Starship Troopers Three, yeah, 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 yeah the one that. with uh, Jolene Blalock. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that was a kind of a strange one because it didn't focus on the aliens at all. It was it was a lot of uh, them stuck in a room as the aliens were attacking the fort that they were in. No, I think that was the sequel. That was part was two. Was that part two? I believe that was oh, part okay. two. Part three had to do with them. Uh, uh, they had a lot of uh, religious allegory to it because mm. it turns out there was a god bug that controlled all the other brain bugs. Oh, okay. So there was a hierarchy even like greater than just a brain bug. Um yeah, so that one dealt a lot with uh, religious stuff. Um, more recent than the 80s. I'm, I'm really trying hard here to to pull one up, and I know there's been a couple. Um, let's see. I'm totally drawing a blank on it right now. Um, I know there's been, like, one, but for the most part, no. I would say that uh, more, more recently... The uh, good remakes, in my opinion, have been the exception, not the rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, I would, um, I would say the same. I liked um, the A Team movie, if that I, qualifies. I mean, not exactly, but I did enjoy <laughs> that movie too. Yeah, it was a technically a remake of. I mean, uh, of a TV show, yeah. an old TV show. I mean, we're kind of getting a lot of that too. We get a lot of TV show, old TV shows getting made into movies, and a lot of old movies getting made into TV shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got Twelve Monkeys, The Exorcist. 
Lethal Weapon? Have you watched any Lethal Weapon? You like, you mentioned it last time we talked, uh, but I have not watched it. No. Is it still somebody who's too old for this shit? Yeah, and, it's uh, Damon Wayans. Cannon? Damon Wayans. Damon Wayans is, is, is playing is Murtaugh? the. Is, is the yeah? Is Murtaugh is the um, the uh, da- Danny Glover role? role yeah. So. Wow. Who plays uh, the other guy? So the other guy is an actor. He's I believe he's an Australian actor. I, I don't. I don't remember his... One of the Hemsworths? It's not one of the Hemsworths, and I, I don't know his name. Uh, I, I know I've seen him in other things. I just can't I can't tell you off the top of my head what it is that I've seen him in. All right, fair enough. So, uh, okay, you know, I would say overall, um, if you were a fan of the first Flatliners, you get to see Kiefer Sutherland in this movie. Uh, he actually plays a, a pretty prominent role. I, I, not prominent, but he's, he's he's a much bigger role than I thought that he would. Mm-hmm. I thought it would just be a, a simple cameo in and out, but he actually has a, a a good a good amount of talking in the movie. So uh, if you're a fan of the first one, wait for the for it to be on Redbox or uh, Netflix or something like that. Watch it then. Don't go out to the theater to see it. <laughs> uh, but you well, might, you might enjoy it. I don't have a soft spot in my heart for Flatliners. That's just one of those that was, you know, it existed and I saw it and I just kind of filed it away. It's not, you know, uh, more in the classics to me as far as, you know, the, the movies I remember. Fair enough. All right. Uh, if anybody has uh, some, some opinions they'd like to show us, it's at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat. John's also on Twitter as at Magic Bollocks. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio. Check out our Facebook page, uh, which I just said. Check out our website, geekleetradio.com. And uh, as always, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.